Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware, weather ready teak, and quick dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at slash ACAST. The webinar is about bringing together different voices, uh, different perspectives, and just thinking about um, how how we can how we can all do better, and how we can hopefully give our listeners that come to the webinar you know, practical things they can go away and do back in their own industry, their own organisations, their own companies, whichever background they're from. Practical things they can do to try and be um, more alert to. Uh, uh, the risk of, as you say, unwittingly became, becoming drawn into some sort of enterprise, which is actually money laundering on behalf of organised crime. No one wants to be there. So how can we help people to detect it and to, and, and to confront it? I'm Nicola Talent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. Criminals are always looking for weaknesses in people organisations and particularly in systems where they can launder their dirty cash and wash it into the legitimate economy. But how can businesses and individuals safeguard themselves from being used by drug dealers, terrorists and criminal organisations making million from the miseries of others? Today, I'm talking with Matt Horn, a former Deputy Director of the National Crime Agency in the UK, who spent his career chasing down large criminal organisations and their money. He's set to be a key speaker at ClueSoftware.com webinar to be held on June 20th, but he talks to me in advance of the conference about tackling the dark underworld of money laundering and illicit finances. This is Crime World, a podcast from SundayWorld.com. I was going to start by asking you, Matt, a little bit about your previous career in the NCA and just explain to us here, because obviously we only have one police force, but the NCA is essentially the civilian investigators. Is that right in the UK? Yeah, that's right. So I used to work in the uh, National Crime Agency and before that I worked in um, in, in, in policing. Um, and the National Crime Agency does the uh, leads the national response in the UK to serious and organised crime, but it does that very, working very closely with all of the uh, police forces across England and Wales um, and also um, in um, PSNI and, and with Police Scotland. So it's very much a collaborative effort by them. So are most people sort of high up in the NCA former police officers then or how does it, where, where are people recruited from? No, they have a, they have a mixture of people, um, very broad backgrounds, uh, all sorts of different specialists coming in directly to the organisation as well as some that come from law enforcement. So they're, they're a very... Um, a very diverse group in terms of the, the membership. 
Oh, yeah. And it used to be the SOCA, it was called. Is that right? The Serious Organised Crime Association. Yeah. Prior to becoming the National Crime Agency, the organisation that sat before that was the Serious Organised Crime Agency. And I was, I was lucky enough to work for them as well before the National Crime Agency. Yeah. OK, so you're very well informed as regards what you're doing now, because uh, you're speaking at a, a webinar, an online conference, essentially, that anybody can attend about tackling money laundering with data, intelligence and partnership. So we're going to have a little chat about money laundering, um, which is always something I, I talk about as if I really understand it, but I really don't know if I ever have totally. Uh, so it's basically trying to wash dirty money into the clean economy. So just explain some of the ways I suppose criminals do that, because, of course, we know they're very innovative. They are, uh, uh, you know, extremely forward thinking. So it's always changing. But give us a kind of a, a, an outline of some of the ways that they, they, they money launder. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's probably just worth remembering that from the point of view of organised crime, um, you know, in my, in my experience, their motive is, is purely financial. There is sometimes another other elements around um, around enforcement and power and control of markets and um, uh, and competing with each other. But the overall motive is to make money and to make huge amounts of money if they can, and to then be- try and benefit from that. But of course, to try and benefit from the money, um, organised criminals want to try and hide where it came from, and that's really what money laundering uh, to me. It is all about. It's about how the profits that are being made by organised crime can be attempted to be hidden through all sorts of different means. And you, as you say, it's about trying to trying to legitimise it or hide it. So sometimes they will smuggle large amounts of cash uh, across borders, you know, out of the country, and then invest that elsewhere or use it to pay for uh, illegal commodities, whether it's firearms or drugs upstream as we might say you know in another country where where it's being sourced from so sometimes cash is literally smuggled huge amounts of it sometimes uh you know shrink wrapped in in large blocks uh, maybe hidden in um in sophisticated concealments in in vehicles or lorries and and used to move that um across borders um but they also will try and move money out of out of the country where it can be hidden through you know high value goods it you know, could be it could be gold or it could be very high value luxury watches, anything like that. So anything of very high value that can be moved. Um, but we also uh, ha- have seen and I- I've experienced um, other forms of money laundering. So using cash rich companies, you, you you can push your dirty cash through a, um, a cash rich company and trying to clean it that way or or using businesses. So, again, we've seen lots of businesses that have been set up. Or company registrations being used effectively you know the word front company gets used use a front company to try and hide or move the money and that's just a couple of um a couple of options yeah. um, there's much more we could talk about no doubt i think often the criminal assets bureau i think some years ago they uh were able to say that the car industry here is one of the biggest uh Industries targeted by by organized crime groups to launder their money they often use cars as currency and they can also use high-end jewellery, watches, Rolexes, this sort of thing. But they also discovered that there was an awful lot of money being laundered through the likes of uh, nail bars, barbers, these kind of businesses. Where, as you say, cash rich may not be the, the word for that sort of street level stuff, but there's a lot of kind of people can come in or they can certainly put through fake books 
hundreds and hundreds of euro a day. Um, and that is one way of having cash. But when you talk about the moving cash across borders, bubble wrapped and, you know, vacuum packed and everything like who takes that cash? There obviously are still a lot of businesses out there willing to actually physically take that cash in. Um, you know, we're moving more and more towards a cashless society. Most of us in our everyday lives find we often don't have enough money to to throw somebody on a pavement or whatever anymore because we just simply don't carry it. So is this going to be frustrating for them going forward or is there still plenty of economies around the world willing to take that cash? Yeah, there are there are still plenty of economies that, that will take that cash. Um, so it, it, it does move in that way and gets um, paid into accounts in other in other countries, but you know you're right. There's also other, you know, to, to try and counter some of that. Other things that the criminals will do is is also try and use new technologies. So we, you know, it's also been seen the use of you know, cryptocurrency or virtual assets is another way of doing this, which doesn't involve uh, having to move the, the huge amount of cash itself. You pay cash in um, to um, uh, create uh, uh, value in terms of cryptocurrency, and then that. Cryptocurrency could be taken out anywhere else around the world, and at that point, um, to, to to a large extent, it's been um, you know it's been cleaned. Although clearly, uh, e- even under those circumstances, law enforcement um, do have capabilities and develop techniques to try and still track and be able to understand what's happening with with cryptocurrency. So, none, nothing is foolproof, fortunately, mm. from the point of view of criminals. But they will definitely try and use much more sophisticated methods because as you say with cash that can draw that can draw attention and, and red flags so other other methods might be used like that as well as hiding it in things like trade money laundering so again you know where where material where, where you've got trade-based activity happening um, large amounts of goods being moved uh, again within that sort of process it's possible for organized criminals to to inflate the costs of what is being done and to then inject money into that, which can be then moved between jurisdictions. So lots of different methods that are used. It's the kind of money that's baffling to me because I think it must be such a hard job. It's probably the hardest job within a criminal organisation to work out how to take this, you know, hard cash and get it into the ordinary economy. Um, it must take a lot of people to do that. I mean, you know, you're you're talking about cartels and big drug organizations moving millions, hundreds of millions sometimes of of drugs across the world and and making profits that are in those kind of those kind of levels. I mean, we're not talking laundering, you know, a few thousand a month. We're talking hundreds and hundreds of thousands and and often millions. So, it's probably becoming the the most difficult job is it within a, a drug organization it's certainly one of the most important i think they would they would see it as um and and that's one of the reasons why i think you know law enforcement collectively tend to view this as being an area that should get greater attention and um you know a, a term is used sometimes about uh, a word is used sometimes that i hear around the place enablers of organized crime you know what are the things that enable or make organized crime easier well the people that do the money laundering definitely enable organized crime and and that's why they should they should be a target for um, law enforcement organizations and 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 governments and other regulators and you know we see lots of activity around money laundering happening in you know in terms of what's happening in say the finance industry the banks the regulated sector um, the government regulators because clearly you know it's recognized that it's a, it's a collective effort and it, it can't this can't just be done, I suppose, by the law enforcement 
um, people in the room. It, it's about industry. It's about um, it's about other partners having to work together really to try and have an impact on money laundering because because as you say, it's so important to organise crime. And not only is it how they get their money out to enjoy lavish lifestyles, but you know the money laundering is also about how how the money is used to fund more crime. You know this these 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 operations tend to operate as as, as large businesses effectively they need to have working capital and the ability to um uh, to, to be able to underwrite um large shipments of drugs or or firearms or other illegal commodities and again the, the money laundering aspect of that is about how that's that that almost that that operation is financed by the criminals yeah and like you know there's even down to say for example the travel industry when a young lad comes in without any clear or obvious you know, uh, income and is able to hand out 30,000 for a holiday. If you have a travel agent in need of that money, in need of that sale, they can often be tempted to do that. But I suppose the wider industry has to start talking to uh, its members and talk to them about what to do in that case and all the rest of it. And this is where I think really this webinar is coming in. You'll be talking to business people about what to look out for. These would be responsible businesses that are coming to attend this because it's not just the irresponsible who launder it. The responsible can often launder without realizing. People can set up companies for, you know, for 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 criminals without realizing they're criminals. People can, you know, provide services like solicitors can provide services, architects, various people like that. So industry itself has to help in this battle. It can't be just a policing issue. No, that's exactly right. And that's why we're doing what we're doing with our with our webinar. Um, you know, my organisation, we are um, uh, we provide software solutions to, to, to law enforcement and other organisations that carry out investigations and do intelligence work. So we're, we're very interested in, in organised crime and how we can support um, you know, the communities involved, try to do better in, in, in confronting economic crime and money laundering. So absolutely, that's why we're all organising the, the webinar. And it is very much about that conversation between, you know, we've got representation from from the banking industry, who've got obviously the, you know, the regulated financial industry have got a huge part to play in this. Um, we've got representation from law enforcement. So the um, the, the National Economic Crime Centre, linked to the National Crime Agency, are going to be there. Um, we've also got um, one of the major think tanks, um, RUSI, uh, who do a lot of work around um, financial crime. They're going to be contributing to the discussion, uh, along with myself, coming at it from the point of view of um, the, the technology sector and what, what, what we can do. So, yeah, absolutely, mm. the webinar is about bringing together different voices, uh, different perspectives, and just thinking about um, how how we can how we can all do better, and how we can hopefully give our listeners that come to the webinar you know, practical things they can go away and do back in their own industry, their own organisations, their own companies, whichever background they're from. Practical things they can do to try and be um, more alert to uh, uh, the risk of, as you say, unwittingly becoming becoming drawn into some sort of enterprise which is actually money laundering on behalf of organized crime no one wants to be there so how can we help people to detect it and to and, and to confront it because criminals are always by their very nature looking for a weakness in people and they're also going to be looking for a weakness in structures that's how they operate best really by seeing that weakness by exploiting it and i suppose in the modern world it's up to every company isn't it to to employ this sort of safety regulations for their own company 
uh, in the same way as they have a HR department, they have, you know, an advertising department, whatever. They're also probably in the future, and many of them already do, have or need to have a kind of a money laundering watchdog department, which is going to be keeping an eye and advising employers all the time because this stuff is changing so much. What sort of practical things can you tell companies? And maybe you can take an example of a sort of company that would be would have um, an attraction maybe for organized crime. I mean, obviously, uh, companies with a lot of money moving around would be would be somewhere that they would be looking for. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we'll, we'll be looking to try and get that advice to come out, uh, you know, from, from from the webinar. And there's going to be some other real key experts there that can really help with that. Help with that. And it's obviously a very broad question. That so, um, mm. yeah. But you're right. I go back to your your first point. You know, definitely, you know, organisations and if they're part of the regulated, you know, sectors, they have to have the right people in place and the right structures in place to be to be addressing. Know, the the money laundering risks and it, and and um uh, and it's not just of course laundering things like the proceeds of um of crime and organised crime but it, you know it's also uh, the other other areas to be thinking about is is going to be things like you know sanctions and where where for example you know we've seen you know, large amounts of money have been have been moved around from 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 regimes internationally uh, we've seen mm-hmm. um a lot of activity around clearly money from from Russia following uh, Russia Ukraine and other um uh, uh, other other state based issues involving Russia so you know it's not just around money laundering uh, and 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 cash that's coming from illicit activity like drug trafficking or firearms trafficking but you know it's also having an eye on um uh are uh, 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 your systems or your accounts or your your business processes being exploited in any way by by people that are perhaps sanctioned and should not be mm. moving money or having access to financial instruments or to um, different sorts of services. So there's there's a wider view of this than just organised crime. And again, our webinar will will start to explore some of that 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 wider thinking around things like illicit finance, which is a bit of a strange term. But what we're saying there is just more than just drugs money. Drugs money is 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 clearly something that, um, and organised crime money is clearly something which is of high concern and high interest. Mm. You know because it's about some of the most serious and violent and egregious criminality that's out there. But along the same level, on the same same lines, um, you know, money also comes into economies and is hidden and laundered that comes from international corruption. You know, money that's being stolen from. Um, from from countries by by corrupt elites stealing effectively from the national coffers, you know that that is just equally um, uh, appalling uh, as is the money that's being created from from drug dealing, for example. Um, likewise, you know money that's being uh, perhaps hidden by people connected to the, um, the 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 Russian regime. Again, equally important that that is um, identified and um, appropriately dealt with where where there's sanctions and and, and similar. Similar things in place, so um, I'm sort of, we're we're thinking in the in the webinar actually we're going to be talking slightly broader. So money laundering is definitely a key part of that, and the connections to organised crime. But we're also broadening it out to those other aspects of illicit finance, like that kind of money that comes from international corruption or or money that that, just, that should be not not be moving because of sanctions. And again, we're we're broadening the discussion out really about how that how how dirty money is a problem that we we've all got to do something about 
when uh, the Ukraine, the war started out there and there was a lot of focus on London um, and the illicit finances that has flooded in and the, uh, I suppose it was welcomed, wasn't it, you know, by um, the Tory party largely. And uh, there was so many issues around it because like you say, there was, a, I think there was a, a there's a name that uh, you have in the UK for a sort of a special order on this kind of massive money. It's only been used three times. It's just the name of the uh, enforcement has just slipped my mind at the moment. It's around the proceeds of crime. There was an, an Azerbaijani banker's wife, I think, was was hit with one of these orders. She was living in uh, London and uh, it turned out she had her husband had stolen like most of the country's national bank money and had moved it to the UK. They'd bought a load of properties, but this lady herself had racked up absolutely millions and millions and millions of spend in Harrods. Yeah. Uh, you know, which is kind of a sideline issue, but is it a sideline issue when the likes of a big department store like that, uh, surrounded with uh, Russian money, had actually started to employ Russian-speaking uh, people in, in their high-end jewellery and, and clothing areas so as they could facilitate these people. You know, it's bigger than just where the money is coming from and how you can get at it. It's an economy, isn't it? Organized crime. It is an economy and it's slushing around everywhere. You'd wonder, how do you even begin to try and tackle it? Well, well that's exactly it. And that's what our webinar is going to sort of explore. We want to broaden it out. We want to talk about, you know, more conventionally understood money laundering of the proceeds of crime. And that is massively important, like I said before, because it's it's blood money, basically. That, mm. That's money that comes from exploitation and from people, um, you know, being exploited by by, by organised criminals. And we know there's a lot of violence as well, often associated with those with those, with those people. So it's really important we go after that. But yeah, exactly. Equally important would be money that's been looted from other countries and then might end up being you know, hidden or tried to be invested into the economy of, of, of your own of your own country, wherever you are around the world. And it's equally important that those things are tackled and that there's no um, uh, people, uh, people's eyes are opened to what is the source of this wealth that someone is able to spend these huge amounts of, uh, you know, these huge, huge amounts of money on. And this is a where, where, where this wider concept of illicit finance, dirty money and money laundering, you, know, you need to think about all three really in the round. And it's definitely about sharing information, sharing data, sharing intelligence, working between organisations, working between the private sector and the, and the public sector, um, because as you said, and, and I think I've, I've reinforced, none of this can be done by one organisation. It's going to have to be a team effort. OK, well, thank you very much, Matt Horn. Thank you. Thank you very much for your time. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com, produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Clodamini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take the Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on.
Do not consume the Sunday world if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume the Sunday world responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.